Your finances will leave a long-lasting impact on your family. After all, you only retire once. If you're looking to discuss all things pertaining to your retirement, you've come to the right place. This is Retirement Matters with Michael Stewart. This is Retirement Matters. I'm Mark Haywood alongside Michael Stewart, the founder at Crystal Lake Tax and Financial with an office in Crystal Lake, Illinois. You can find him online at crystallaketax.com. That's crystallaketax.com. Or reach out, call the office at 815-526-3092. That's 815-526-3092. If you missed that, just wind it back. It's a podcast. Michael has his MBA in finance and is a registered financial consultant. He co-authored a book, Purpose-Based Investing, Nine Lessons to Rescue Your Retirement from Wall Street, and that is available on Amazon. And as always, we'd like to remind you that Crystal Lake is a one-stop shop with a CPA, enrolled agent, and paralegal all on staff. They can help you when it comes to all things financial and any retirement matters. With that, Michael, welcome back into the program. How are you doing? I'm doing excellent, Mark. As always, it's a pleasure to speak with you. Yes, always a pleasure to be on with you as well. Got a lot to get into today. We're going to be talking about some of the details you might be missing in your finances as you're planning for retirement. But before we get to any of that, let's just kick it off with a bit of recent news. Extra, extra, read all about it. Michael, the IRS recently announced that they're increasing the contribution limit for IRAs and 401ks in 2019. So... If we were maxing out our contributions before in 2018, should we automatically assume that we should increase to that new threshold this year? So increased contribution rates on both IRAs or individual retirement accounts and 401ks, it's always a good thing because basically it's the government, you know, allowing you to save a little bit more in some tax advantaged ways. But here's the best way to align any contributions that are really deemed for retirement or really more specifically long-term investment money, you know, for retirement money. So the caveat here is that Everyone's situation is unique based on their tax bracket, household income, et cetera. So I'll put that out there for compliance purposes. So what I'm going to give you is kind of a retirement contributions 101. And if anyone has specific questions about their scenario, just give us a call here at the office and I'll be able to walk you through what really makes sense for you. But, you know, for our general podcast audience, this is really the hierarchy, the way that those contributions should go. So first, you contribute to your work 401k up until the match. So if you're fortunate enough that your current employer, you know, matches the first 3%, 5%, 7% of what you put in, then that's where you start. So if they match 5%, then you put 5% of your wages in because basically that's otherwise you're just leaving money on the table. That's free money. The second thing is you don't then go back into your 401k just start throwing more money. The next thing is you contribute to a Roth IRA. And although you get no today tax benefit, but the Roth IRA is going to grow tax free going forward. So if let's say you put $6,500 a year over the next 10 years into that Roth IRA, that's $65,000 extra you've saved. But let's say it grows, you know, market goes straight up and it hypothetically grows to $200,000 by the time you actually need it. That $200,000 is completely tax free for you. So I ask clients, do you want to pay tax on the seed or the harvest? So the government isn't completely altruistic with these retirement plans by just letting you set aside this pre-tax money in your 401k. They give you a small tax deduction on the money you put in, but then they tax the bigger portion, the harvest of what it grows to. So this is one of the rationale behind why we want to kind of use these various strategies. So the first thing is contribute the 401k to your match because it's free money. Second is before you put another dime into that 401k, max out your Roth IRA so it grows tax free going forward. The third thing is now you go back to that 401k and then you max out the 401k. 
Now, many 401ks today have the option of what they call a Roth 401k. So once again, using after-tax monies to go into the 401k. And it's the same reason that you would do it for the Roth IRA. You don't get a tax break today on that smaller amount, but it will grow tax-free over the long term and tax-free forever based on the current tax code. So now if there's still money available, still additional cash flow that you want to save for retirement, then you start positioning it for long-term growth. And there's a variety of different insurance vehicles. Some of it's permanent insurance, some of it's annuities. You know, there's a variety of things that are out there well beyond the scope of this here, but that you can add money to that are either going to grow tax-free going forward for you, potentially provide tax-free benefits or tax-free income in the future, or even provide a lifetime income stream like a pension. So as a recap, it's not as simple as just, you know, throw more money in your 401k pre-tax because they raise the limits. There is a way that these contributions can be directed to not only provide a long-term tax-efficient plan, but coordinates it all both tax-deferred and tax-free. And that's why we spend a lot of time with clients leveraging kind of our in-house tax practice to find out what the most tax-efficient manner is. So first, contribute your 401k to the match. Second, max out the Roth IRA. Third, go back to the 401k. And if you have a Roth 401k, max out that. If you don't, then put it in the pre-tax. And lastly, if there's still additional money available, then you start looking at some of these other insurance and investment vehicles that are going to provide potential additional tax-free or lifetime income benefits. Yeah, you hit on something important there, and that's taking a look at this one particular element of your retirement plan in conjunction with all the other elements of your retirement plan. It's important to see how they're all working together for you in retirement. It's not about any one particular strategy, but about how they're all working together. Michael, as always, thank you for diving into the news with us. And now it's time to hear from you. Let's dive into the mailbag. It's time for the mailbag. We want to hear from you. All right, Michael, let's take a question this week from Lockhart. Lockhart is in Glenview. And Lockhart says, if we enter into a long down period in the market, what will be the best approach for someone nearing retirement? I'm almost to that point and trying to figure out how to best position myself these final few working years. Yeah, Lockhart, that's a great question, especially with some of the volatility that we had in 2018, you know, coming off into last year. You know, so one of the things is when you say, you know, how do you protect it, you know, or the best approach since you're nearing retirement, even retirement, you know, isn't just to put it in a coffee can and bury it in the backyard, you know, because that's not going to get you any growth or income either. But it's about understanding where you are in the investment cycle, not only with the economy, but just your own personal household. So how much risk can you afford to take? What's your risk capacity? You know, how much impact would a down market or up market truly affect you? And then you begin as you're approaching retirement, you start saying, okay, if I need a little bit more sustainability and predictability in my returns, there are bonds and bond-like instruments out there that are paying you four, five, six percent interest and dividends, you know, that have a lot less volatility than the market. So if you really only need five, six percent returns, why take all the risk of the market? If you do still want to be linked to the market, there's various insurance products that are out there that protect your principal and can give you a percentage of the upside of the market. But if the markets decline, you don't lose anything. You know, in addition to, you know, taking a look at if you do want to be in the market, what's your buy and sell strategy? You know, do you trade based on the moving averages? Do you have some kind of tactical approach on when you're in and out of the market? Or are you just a let it ride kind of guy? As you're approaching retirement, you can't be a let it ride kind of guy because this is money that you need for the next 30 years of your retirement. So Lockhart, the key thing is whether we're approaching a long down period in the market 
or if this is just a little bump along a much higher path, none of that should matter for how you're allocated, how you need to take a look at your overall financial picture and work with you know, a financial advisor like us is really just understanding what's the impact on you as far as providing the income that you're going to need to pay bills for the rest of your retirement. And then making sure that we're not taking too much risk. We're only taking the amount of risk necessary to accomplish what we need to. Well, thanks Lockhart for writing in. As always, if you want to be featured on the podcast, you can go online and submit your questions at crystallaketax.com. That's crystallaketax.com. All right, Michael, as we move into the main part of our show today, as I said at the beginning, we're going to talk details and that's because they are so important, right? So let's just talk through some of the details that people often fail to consider when they're planning for retirement. Michael, Will you need to support your parents or your kids later on? That's a question you might not think about, but you should. Absolutely. The baby boomer generation has been called the sandwich generation. And that's because there's so many people are both supporting not only their aging parents who maybe either financially or physically can't support themselves, but they're basically supporting their children too, who either are still in school or maybe they've graduated, they've got all these student loans, so they can't afford to not only save for retirement, but they also can't afford to you know, pay rent and go out and get another car and those kind of things. So the sandwich generation is basically supporting their parents in some capacity as well as supporting their adult children as well. So you know, that is a big consideration. Is that going to be a scenario that you're in supporting one or both of those? Because financially, that's going to have an impact on you. All right. I find this next question humorous. You often think about how you feel about retirement if you're ready to retire. But how does your family feel about you quitting your job? So you might be ready to spend a lot of time around the house, but you need to make sure that everybody else in your household is ready for your retirement too. So everybody has to be on the same page in terms of what to expect when you're just not bringing home that paycheck anymore. So it's not only about the extra time that you have, but how is that income getting replaced that you have? You know, one of the main focuses of our practice is on the distribution portion of the business, which what that means is how do we generate sustainable, predictable lifetime income from these assets, these 401ks, IRAs, savings that you've amassed over time so that you don't run out of money, so that the income's going to be coming in up until you and your spouse take your last breath. So it's really about creating a retirement paycheck. You know, I kind of giggle a little bit when you first mentioned that. How does your family feel about you quitting your job? You know, I know on my in-law side of it, uh, my father-in-law retired 19 years ago, right at 59 and a half when the old tax penalty went, went away. And it basically said, you know, what are you retiring to? And, you know, I think that that's going to come up to our, you know, kind of our next point here. And it's really, we just had, a, we went out to lunch today and we had the conversation. He's like, yeah, the first few years were great. I didn't have anything to do. It was, you know, refreshing after working for 59 and a half years or really 39 and a half years at that time. And instead, you know, he kind of took a step back and he's like, but these last 17 have been a little rough. <laughs> and I, I laugh, but it's so true, Michael, that so many folks think about what they're retiring from. They're ready to get out of the office. They don't like their job or maybe they've enjoyed it, but they're just ready for rest. At the same time, I think it's almost equally important and if not more important to think about that question of what are you retiring from? for? What are you retiring to, not from? And that is to say that we want you to live with purpose in retirement. You've spent all this time accumulating wealth, and now we want you to be able to go out and use it with purpose and, uh, you know, to serve the world and enjoy the world around you at the same time. 
No, absolutely. And one of the things, and, and I'll even build on the example that I gave my father-in-law in that about why the last 17 years were a little bit rougher is because he, he was just excited that work was ending, you know, that he had worked hard his entire life. He had supported his family, put his kids through college. He had done all the right things. And he's like, so now I've, you know, acquired a good nest egg and I support myself, my wife in retirement. So let's do that. But the thing is, what he never really thought about is, what are you retire? Are you retiring from or are you retiring to something? So he was retiring from work, from the day-to-day, nine-to-five grind, but he wasn't really retiring to something. So he'd never really given true thought on how is he going to spend every day for the next 30 years of retirement. So in those early years, sure, every day is a vacation, every day is Saturday, but eventually that gets a little old. And then you start looking around and be like, okay, I've got 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. You know, do I like to travel? Do I like to golf? Do I like to garden? Do I like to volunteer? What do you want to do? So, you know, I mentioned at all of our workshops, and then when I'm sitting down in kind of that discovery meeting, the initial meeting with individuals, and what we're saying is, okay, so you have retirement, you're thinking about retiring at this date. Are you running away from work or are you running to something so that you can utilize your time, your efforts, your resources to do something that you love and that you really want to do rather than just, you know, plopping a butt on a couch or something like that, because that, that'll get old after a while. So always important to think about living retirement with purpose. Michael, are you prepared to handle any infrequent but major purchases in retirement? Do you have that kind of rainy day fund in place? Yeah, I, th- I think there was a couple different times in the podcast that we spoke about this. So one is I focus that we're on the distribution side, creating that sustainable, predictable income off your assets so that not only do we understand that we've got enough money coming in to pay today's bills, but we're also accumulating a little bit for those unexpected things, whether it's a medical thing, whether it's planning for the purchase of a car or a vacation, those kind of things. But at the same time, those infrequent major purchases might be something long beyond our control or even unknowing as far as the timing. And that's where when we start talking about what to do with money in the bank, one of the key things is, you know, we tell everybody, what's your sleep at night number? Sleep at night number means that you know that in the event of anything, at any given time, you could go to the bank and get 10, 20, 50, whatever your number is, that that money's sitting there just in case life happens and you've got this major you know, purchase or this major emergency, you need a roof on the house that's not covered by insurance or something, you've got this big lump sum of money sitting on the side because now that gives you more confidence in the investment plan that you have in place that's not only generating regular income for you, but in the event that something big happened, you wouldn't have to blow up your entire investment plan to get the money because we've already set some aside in that sleep at night account. And finally, Michael, this is definitely a life happens moment, and it's it's very sensitive, so we want to be careful with it, but it's something to think about. And that's, what are you going to do? You know, How's your income plan going to change at the death of your spouse? This is huge, and I, th- I think it's one of the things that a lot of advisors, and I'll call them more brokers because an advisor should really address this. One of the things is you sit down and you, we build this, and I'll just tell you for our practice, we build a retirement income plan. So, you know, in the financial plan, we build about exactly where our sustainable, predictable income is going to come from. We put it together. We've got estate planning in place, tax planning, all these things, and it's a beautiful plan. Everybody's on the same page. But surprisingly, the very next place I go with that conversation is say, hey, everything is great as long as you're both here. But now let's talk about the what ifs. God forbid in three years or 20 years, you know, the bus comes along, takes one of you out. What happens to your income? Can the surviving spouse still continue to pay the bills? And why that's important is a lot of people don't realize, let's say with Social Security. With Social Security, when one person passes, so let's say a married couple, 
when one person passes, the lowest of the Social Security checks goes away, and then the surviving spouse gets to keep the higher check. Why that's important, let's say, in our example, the husband has a $2,500 a month Social Security check, and the wife has a $1,500 Social Security check. So that's good income. That's about $4,000 a year of income, $48,000 of Social Security. Now, all of a sudden, the bus comes along, takes out the husband. So now the wife's $1,500 goes away, and now she will start getting his $2,500. So that's a raise for her. But what really happened is the household just took an $18,000 pay cut. Because at $1,500 a month, times 12 months, that's $18,000. Can she still pay her bills in the household considering the fact that there's $18,000 less of income? The same applies to pensions. With pensions, when you sign up for a pension, you can do a life-only benefit, which means it ends with you. Or you might do, say, a survivor benefit. So, you know, it's X amount of dollars, but in the event that you pass, then your spouse will get half of that amount. Well, if one of the Social Security goes away and the pension benefit gets cut in half as well, then that's not even an $18,000 deduction. In our mind, it might be a twenty-five dollars or $30,000, if not more, drop in income. So it becomes critically important to sit there and say, okay, this plan works when you're both here. In the event that one of you were to pass, can we still pay our bills? And if we can, then that's great. And we check the box and we move on. If that would still be a little tight, then we need to have some other financial planning conversations on how we're going to mitigate that to make sure that the surviving spouse still has a solid retirement income plan in place. So we've talked about what to do now with the death of a spouse, and we've talked through some of these missed details that you need to make sure that you're covering in retirement. What does it look like to cover all the details, to come in, get everything in one place and get all the questions asked, even the tough questions, to have those hard conversations? What's it look like to do that before you retire so that you can enter retirement with a sound retirement plan that's going to carry you all the way through retirement? Yeah, our thing is we just sit down and have a conversation, you know, and every week on the podcast and even when we have workshops or people come through our tax planning practice, they say, you know, what, what does that look like? And we say, Really, it's sitting down at the conference table. You sit down personally with me. We don't go over statements and things. What we really do is we just sit down and have a conversation. Here's where you are. Here's where you want to go. Just looking at where you are right now, what's the likelihood of success of that happening? If we decide to move forward on a plan, then over a series of two or three more meetings, then we really say, you know, kind of really, you know, sharpen the pencil and kind of run some reports and analysis on taxes and fees and returns and, you know, what type of goals, both qualitative and quantitative that you want. What does retirement look like for you? And then we say, okay, how likely are we to be successful? Just if we make no changes, if it's not very likely, or we can make some shifts that'll improve your chances then that's what we do in the planning process. So basically about three or four weeks later, we have this full integrated objective plan together for you. And then we say, okay, do you want us to implement it for you? Do you want to implement it on your own? Either way, you now have that roadmap to be successful going forward. Well, we certainly want you to put that roadmap in place if you need help doing so. You can reach out to Michael Stewart and the team at Crystal Lake Tax and Financial. Just call the number 815-526-3092. That's 815-526-3092. Call that number. They'll follow up with you. You can come in for a visit with Michael Stewart and the team. Again, one more time, 815-526-3092. Michael, as always, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. It's always a pleasure, Mark. We'll do it again next time on another edition of Retirement Matters. 
investment advisory services offered through Sound Income Strategies, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisory firm. The information provided herein is for training or educational purposes only and does not constitute an offer to sell or a solicitation of an offer to buy any securities, investments, investment strategies, or investment advice relating to securities, nor is the information or representation that any security is a suitable or appropriate investment for any person. Before acting on any advice, you should consider the appropriateness of the advice having regard to your own objectives, financial situation, and needs. Please contact us to obtain our disclosure brochure relating to the services offered by Sound Income Strategies, LLC, and consider its contents before making any decisions. Where quoted, past performance is not indicative of future performance. Sound Income Strategies, LLC does not represent or warrant that the contents of this program are suitable for you from a compliance, regulatory, legal, or any other perspective. We shall have no responsibility for your use or non-use of the program or any portion thereof.